Have you heard about Anchor? I'm not talking about the one for a boat. This is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. In-person meetings are starting back up, but not everyone may feel comfortable being at a meeting in person. No problem, though. Westminster AB can easily make your event a hybrid setup for both in-person attendees and remote attendees. Turn your event hybrid and include everyone. Visit Westminster AB online right now at westminsterab.com or call 216-325-6960. One more time, westminsterab.com or 216-325-6960. From the trainer's room, it's two middle-aged men in Cleveland, featuring sports medicine expert Brian Scott. And now, two guys coming back from being injured and listed as day-to-day, Ken Dworznik and Ted Clark. Ted, we have our masks off. We're ready for Memorial Day. Kids are ending school years, and we have graduations. But that doesn't stop two middle-aged men in Cleveland, episode 56. Ted Klopp and yours truly, Ken Dworznik. Ted. It's also very hot out. so It's warm as yeah. you know what. Yeah, yeah so, so we, we, it's, we, we can take it can be jacket off as well. It's also an option. Well yes. said. Yes. Well said. Well, I have a number that I want to throw out to you and you tell me what this number means to means to you. Well, I know what it means to me. I want to see what it means to you. The number 1000, the number 1000. I don't know. What does that mean? What is that? That is the number of followers we have on Instagram. How about that? No way. Wow. So thanks to all those folks following on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We, We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, Ken, this week I have changed my look. Really? I got new glasses on Friday. Okay. My wife didn't notice <clears throat> till Monday night. <laughs> <clears throat> Does that mean that she doesn't really look at your face that much? I, I don't know. You take it however you want it. Okay. I, I deliberately, you know, I, this was another uh, <clears throat> experiment, observation, whatever. I just came home. Now, these glasses, the new glasses, I will admit they look very similar to my old glasses. However, I will say my oldest son figured it out Friday night. And I've had other people who have figured it out within 
seconds, minutes of seeing me. Okay. So, Let's flip the, I'm going to flip the script on you on this one. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. when Erica goes and gets her hair done or anything like that, do you notice it right away? Well, she tells me. Oh, so, gotcha. Um, so, but I'm trying to think if there's something that she does. There's not much. There's not much. And she knew I was getting new glasses. She just didn't know they came in. The place called Friday. And so I went and picked them up and I just decided not to tell anybody. Well, maybe, you know what? She's, I mean, that might not be a bad thing. She's not staring at your face. She's looking elsewhere. That's great. There you go. Happy well, for you, buddy. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, <clears throat> I'm just going to keep right on going here. Ken, yes, that's probably a good idea. On the show. Yeah. We're going to talk uh, injuries, sports injuries, weekend warrior injuries, any kind of injury. We're going to talk with an injury expert, Brian Scott from the Injured List podcast. He is not injured. He's ready to talk. And he's here to give us some, some tidbits on trying to avoid injury and what to do maybe if we've gotten injured. We also have some good news to pass along. We have an item to spotlight in this week in Cleveland history. Steve Muehlhausen from DAZN is ready to get in the ring. And in Klopp's clips, you may have heard about Ohio's Vaximillion contest, but you won't believe what vaccinated people in part of Thailand have a chance to win. Blah blah blah. 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 Our guest today is a sports medicine expert. Weekend warriors, listen up. Dads around the house, there could be some useful information for you as well. Let's talk with sports medicine expert Brian Scott. Brian, thanks for your time. I'd imagine as the weather gets warmer. You get busier here with <clears throat> so-called weekend warriors finding their way outside and finding their way to injuries. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no no shortage of business in the summertime months here. <laughs> well, sure. you were telling me when we first spoke that there's a unique injury for do-it-yourselfers that has to do with pressure washers that you start to see as the weather gets warmer, tell me about this. And, and you say it's pretty, pretty bad injury. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of, uh, dads, especially us, uh, middle-aged men out there looking to do some work around the house and, you know, wanting to clean things up. We'll, we'll break out the pressure washers this time of year, um, in preparation for barbecues outdoors and all that stuff. And so, uh, what I get called into the emergency room a lot for is uh, these pressure washer injuries. Essentially, these high pressure washers that you see where people are washing their decks or driveways off, they'll accidentally get an appendage in front of the nozzle. Oh, geez. Which, if you can imagine, uh, some of these are gas powered uh, machines putting out several thousand PSI worth of pressure. Now, Brian, these are these are machines that have a sign on them that say, don't put your hand in front of the stream, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> and it's usually not in fine print either. It's usually yeah. <laughs> big, bold letters. So uh -huh. I encourage you guys to read them. <laughs> um, uh -huh. So the, the big issue is a lot of times if they're mixing this, the, the water with this chemical, whether it be like soap or some type of detergent or some type of oil-based detergent, um, it leads to really serious possible infections and Basically, death to the tissue. 
of hmm. the hand or whatever appendage happens to come in contact with the stream. <laughs> so I've seen it a few times. It, it happens quite often in the spring and summer months when people are out there trying to get the house prepared and cleaned and um, just be very careful out there, everybody. <laughs> Take precautions. Oh my gosh, no doubt. I've never heard of that, Brian, but that, that's yeah. certainly very good information. My, my question for you is going back to sports. So obviously we have many quote unquote weekend warriors starting up here. A lot of middle-aged men, they're going to go out and play golf. They're going to go out and play softball. They're going to do other activities. Obviously injuries occur. What's the best way? What's your thought process on maybe to help prevent some of those injuries, injuries? What are the things that maybe you should do to get ready for the season as opposed to say, well, today's the day I'm going to go out there and just run around like a crazy person and hurt yourself. <laughs> well, unfortunately, that's what a lot of us do, uh, myself included. I'm guilty of that. But, you know, you know, you always want to kind of start somewhere and kind of build your way up to more intense and more prolonged activities. So sure. starting slow, working your way up. Um, if you're going to be out there golfing in a 27 hole golf tournament in a couple of weeks, then you're going to want to get out on the course, get to the range get some practice swings, limber up, stretch up beforehand, uh, maybe even get in to see your chiropractor or therapist ahead of time and start working on things that maybe you've had a problem with in the past. So it's all about preparation and prevention. That's key. You don't ever want to just go out there cold turkey. You want to be somewhat warmed up and ready to go. Um, once you're out there and you're kind of warmed up and loosened up, then it's okay to start sipping down some suds and having a good time <laughs> with the guys. But you know, you really want to be prepared. So especially in more physically strenuous sports like basketball or some other type of sport aside from golf, where golf is mostly just upper body and core type stuff, um, you really want to just be prepared, make sure you have some type of base level fitness going into that activity before you start jumping in there full force. Sure. <laughs> now, you were telling me when we spoke that you've worked with some professional athletes during your time. Obviously, no names, please. But no. you mentioned that treating them for injuries, it's almost like a totally different approach because of the uh, the ego involved, the level of uh, uh, the level of athleticism involved, the pressure to recover. Can you kind of talk about the difference between treating? Uh, for example, Ken or I, if we hurt ourselves playing a sport on the weekend versus treating uh, name, insert name of athlete here. Yeah, uh, it, it's a completely different animal. Um, no pun intended. Uh, you know, these guys are getting paid in, in some cases, lots and lots of money uh, to be in tip top shape and be ready to go at the drop of a dime. Um, so the, their overall health and fitness and uh, recovering from injuries of the utmost importance and is a priority. So they also, you know, have resources available to them that the general public does not, i.e. they have access to medical professionals like myself, basically around the clock. They have access to fitness facilities, gyms, rehab facilities, rehab professionals, um, and all types of stuff in that realm of the world that we, most people in the general population do not. It, it's the timelines of when these athletes are treated and when they are expected to recover and how quickly they do recover is completely different in some cases for some injuries when you compare it to the general population. And so it presents unique challenges and unique um, things for the healthcare provider and the sports injury providers like myself 
in order to be able to treat those guys, it's just a completely, completely different um, entity, so to speak, I guess. So, so being in Cleveland, I know you guys have probably heard, you know, heard all about LeBron's ankle. He had a high ankle sprain and you hear a lot about that in the, uh, in the videos and on TV and when it gets thrown around in the newspapers and online these days. And, you know, LeBron came back probably a little too soon. Uh, if it was you or I who had a high ankle sprain, I could guarantee you we'd be out of commission for two to three months minimum. <laughs> And, you know, I don't know what the exact timing of his return to play was, but I think it was probably under that six week mark. And I talked a lot about this with the New York football fans back before Saquon tore his ACL. He was coming off a high ankle sprain. He missed like eight weeks, which I thought was actually pretty, pretty good and average. So um, that's one example where, you know, there's a big difference between how you treat elite level athletes versus how you treat the general public. High ankle sprain is a classic example of that. Oftentimes these elite athletes are brought way are brought back way too quickly. But the reason for that is they have, again, a lot more access to getting better quicker. So that's just one good example of that. So my question for you, Brian, we're going to switch gears now. So Ted and I both have children under the age of 13. Um, our kids are certainly very active. Ted's kids play hockey, baseball, basketball. I think one starting golf. I have a son that does, cross country. And he, uh, he also runs track and golf. And then my daughter does soccer and they both do Taekwondo. So very, very busy, very active, which is what you want to see. I guess the question that I have is when it comes to switching from sports and things like that, and they kind of maybe complain about, Oh, my, you know, back is sore. My knee is sore things like that. Obviously everyone kind of knows the difference, but maybe young kids don't the different difference between having a pain and actually being injured. So, my question for you is, is there ever a time where too much activity or doing too many things at once could be detrimental for kids when it comes to athletics and things like that? Absolutely. In fact, that's one of the big problems we see in youth athletics today is that most kids, especially in the age groups that you mentioned your children are, become very specialized in one particular sport. And that's been a big thing in the sports medicine world and in the literature that's been studied extensively the last few years, because we're seeing a lot of these weird kind of overuse chronic injuries in younger athletes that we never used to see before, because a lot of them are spending their entire free time playing one sport and often doing it year round. And I'm talking like travel tournaments, you know, going cross country, participating in very high level uh, competitions at a very early age compared to what we you and I uh, used to do when we were younger. Sure. So, so what I liked about hearing what you just said was that your kids are involved in a lot of different sports. And I think that's still very crucial to helping prevent those types of injuries from becoming a problem. And to be honest, that's probably the biggest thing that we as healthcare providers who deal with pediatric patients are dealing with nowadays is these overuse, chronic, rep repetitive type injuries that we just never used to see before. And so in the young athlete, that's, those become very difficult to treat because often the kids won't present to our office right away. And so we see them late in the injury process. And at that point, it then becomes difficult to treat unless we have to remove them completely from the activity. And that can become really difficult when you're dealing with a young teen who's really motivated to, to get better and is looking to maybe take that high school uh team and bring them to a championship or potentially get a scholarship or whatnot. So they're really involved and they're really indebted and they're really committed at that age. 
And so sometimes you have to really work closely with the parents to try and get them to back off a little bit, take some time off and rest. And it can be really hard to try and get them to cross train or do some other type of activity to prevent injuries too. So there, there is a, it's a big known issue in youth sports today. And uh, baseball is probably one of the biggest ones you hear about all these pitch counts now because we, use, we, we were seeing Tommy John injuries or surgeries mm-hmm. and elbow injuries in young pitchers that we never used to see before because they were just playing so much baseball and throwing so yeah. many. So that's yeah. one good example of that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, what you said was key. You have to really kind of mix it up, find another sport, find some other type of activity to do. It's a great way to cross train while still maintain some type of cardiovascular fitness. And I encourage parents to encourage kids to try and find some other sport and mix it up. Well, very good information. We touched on a number of different topics and we appreciate it. Can we get you to stick around here and play a little uh, game time with us? Yeah, I'm a little nervous, but I'll stick around and give it a go. (laughs) Ted, we have some good news. Lisa Wright has given up for adoption. Let's try that again. Was given up. Okay. Ted, we have some good news. Lisa Wright was given up for adoption and her birth records were sealed. She never had a great desire to find her biological mother as she had a great relationship with her adoptive parents. And her son suggested she get a DNA test to learn more about her family's genetics. Sounds about right. The DNA results revealed Wright had a match. An uncle. She was able to get in contact with the uncle and filled in the blanks. Wright's mom turned out to be Lynn Moody, whose impressive resume includes stints on Chicago Hope, Beverly Hills 90210, Knott's Landing, General Hospital, and a show called That's My Mama, which was actually one of Wright's favorite TV shows growing up. How about that? Yes, she was watching a show with her mother on it and didn't know it. The two have since reunited. That is, that's like a movie script is what that is. That's unbelievable. Watching a show called That's My Mama and doesn't know that that's her mama. That's my mama. Yep. Wow. wow. Well, these are always good good stories when you get the, the reuniting of a family. But that is, that's, I don't know that Hollywood could, could write that story. No, that's, once again, just like this segment, that is some good news. It's time to get in the ring. We have Steve Muehlhausen from DAZN back with us. You've got to talk to some interesting people in the last couple of weeks since the last time we talked to you. Talked to Jim Ross from AEW. You talked to Cesaro. He was kind of struggling with some uh, concerns about WrestleMania backlash. And then former WWE champ Kofi Kingston. That one, I'm curious. I saw what Kofi said about losing the title to Brock Lesnar. But I'm wondering if you got a sense that there was more to his answer than just the words he said, because that was, you know, that title win that he got at WrestleMania was a tremendous match. And then the way his title reign ended, they just kind of fed him to the, fed him to the lions there when he (laughs) lost to Brock Lesnar. What, What did you get any sense more than what he said about the way he felt the way that match was done. It was like, like you said, three months of the lines and then treated him like a pile of garbage. It was kind of like, Oh, and it was just mainly, he was the afterthought and nothing was ever brought up again with those two at all. And I was trying to figure out how he felt mentally. And 
there is a lot in between of what he's saying. He's like, well, you know, I wouldn't have done the finish that way. I would have gone a different route. Okay. And like, you could feel for him, like, and also thinking, would he ever get back to the title picture? Sure. That's a big thing. Like he went from the top of the food chain back to the mid card, like in a drop of a hat. No offense to winning the tag titles, you know, that's fine. And, but that's what he was doing before. But he's in this position again, which to me is good to see because I think he's earned it because he's a great worker. He's a, and a great human being. So it's good to see him back in that title picture. What it leads to, I don't know. But I think it's cool the fact that I think we're going to get, and I brought this up to him, two, the, it'll be the first time ever that two African-American men are competing for the WWE Championship. And to me, wow. And no offense to 75-year-old men out there, but 75-year-old men should not be running multi-billion dollar organizations when they are really out of touch with what is going on in the world today. Who, who are you talking about, Steve? I don't, I don't, hmm. he, he has that strut. His name is Vince yeah. McMahon. Uh-huh. Right. Well, Steve, sticking with the WWE, word is that they're going to go back on the road here very soon. Yeah. I believe it's July 16th. In your opinion, has this been something that's been planned for a while? Is this in response to what AEW is doing? What do you think? They've been gauging just what's going on with the world, how the CDC has been, and how state governments are handling the situation. And I've been hearing rumblings for a while. Initially, it was going to be August. And then I had heard maybe about a month ago they were trying to do maybe middle of, middle to late July. AEW had nothing to do with it because AEW is still coming out first. The weekend they planned, I think, is perfect because that goes right into a big event. It goes right into Money in the Bank. So I think that was strategically very well placed. First full pay-per-view with a full capacity crowd. you got to think they're going big here. And I think that's strategically done, and I think it's very smart. So I've asked where else they're going, and they don't really know me. (laughs) Opening weekend. I do know SummerSlam is going to be in Las Vegas. It's going to be at a tentatively Allegiant Stadium, the home of the Raiders. Oh, wow. But it kind of threw them for a loop after they signed the deal on Friday, late good old Friday afternoon news dump. Manny Pacquiao announced he's coming back on August 21st against Errol Spence in a welterweight title unification bout. So it's very interesting to see what wwe is going to do because i know they want to go into the stadium pacquiao and spence because i that would fill i think that can fill 50 60 000 seats to where mm-hmm. i don't think SummerSlam would do more than in that stadium and the way their product is right now 35 40 000, which is still good yeah but i think they don't want because there will be a very distant second fiddle to that weekend especially in vegas they, they still said, hey, we're still going to Las Vegas, whether that's the T-Mobile Arena, the home of the Golden Knights of the NHL, whether it's the MGM Grand, the Mandalay Bay Center. They got a couple different options. There's a lot of arenas in Vegas. so Well, a couple so, – some people that were on the roster won't be when they go back on the road. Velveteen Dream among them. Uh, any specific reasons why he or any of the others got released? Is this just budget cuts or is there more here? Beyond him, and we'll get to him in a minute. Um, they claimed everybody else, 
budget cuts. Yeah. Some of them were getting used, and that's like the weird thing. Some of them were just on NXT last Tuesday, and then they got released on Wednesday. Oh. <laughs> well, some, <laughs> sounds like there was more to the uh, Velveteen Dream situation. There was a lot to that situation, guys. And, you know, there were the accusations of inappropriate stuff, messages with underage children. You know, he just naturally, he's very aloof. I was told backstage, he just he mainly kept to himself. He was one of those guys that was starting to live the gimmick and it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. He couldn't separate Delvin Dream from Patrick Clark. Yeah. And it ended up being the entire issue. And then these allegations, which ended up proving he released this big statement yesterday. And I've talked to people around him. They're like, what? And I did it yesterday. They're like, everything he said is accurate. But I think it was just a culmination of everything. AEW recently has announced that they're moving to TBS, the Superstation. There we go. Is this a big deal? And why did they make the move? It's a big move because... Look at what's going on right now with TNT. They got the NBA. You know, the NHL is going to be coming at the beginning of next season, you know, coming up in coming up in the fall. But the issue was, guys, they're going to be right now, they're going to be bouncing around for like definitely for this this week. They're going to be on Friday. And then there's going to be another Friday show, I think, next week. Then there's going to be at the end of June, they're going to be on like on a Saturday. So it's like they're going to be bouncing around here for like the next like four, like next five, six weeks. They go to TBS, they're not really going to be bouncing around. The media traction is going to be the same. Warner Media loves AEW. I don't want anyone thinking this is this is not a demotion. It's a parallel move. There's no gain. There's no loss. They're gaining more money. Okay. Is it? Yep. I've been told tens of millions. It's an eight-figure type of thing wow. for the next couple of years. So it's not like they're getting nothing for this. I haven't gotten a concrete number, but I'm, I'm told around 20 million. Wow. wow. Isn't the worst thing in the world of <laughs> that could be for production. That can be for signing more talent. They're very efficient of how they use money. So I mean, you know, I like what they're doing, but it's not a demotion. It's not an upgrade. It's a parallel move. They're still going to get promoted very well. All right. Well, let's get in the wrestling way back machine, Steve. I love this. May 19th, 1990. I don't know if you were following the NWA back then. This was before WCW was a thing. I was nine. So, <laughs> so nine. Ten. NWA held their Capital Combat pay-per-view in Washington, D.C. Lex Luger beat Ric Flair by disqualification <laughs> in a steel cage match, but that is not the big deal here. I'm, I, you're grinning. I'm guessing you're familiar with this situation here. The four horsemen interfered in the match and put Sting, who was at ringside for Lex Luger, they stuck him in, a, in another cage, a smaller cage. And so Sting was stuck and Lex Luger was stuck. And we need a white knight. We need somebody to come in and save the day. And who came in? Robocop. <laughs> Robocop at a wrestling show comes down and bends the bars of the cage to free Sting. <laughs> I think it's Tony Schiavone's podcast. Yeah. We were talking about it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch this. 
It was it's just it was worse than what Shivani even described. <laughs> but the RoboCop deal was because Turner used to air. They had a media company, and they did movies, and they were distributing the RoboCop movie. So this is how RoboCop ended up being on the show. <laughs> for anyone out there, they were distributing the movie. The movie did fairly well. It could have been worse. They could have hit RoboCop in a match. It could have been like what we saw at WrestleMania Backlash, where oh. they had a bunch of zombies, and at least they got RoboCop was in, RoboCop was out, and it was done. Yeah, I can at least say we can at least like admit it wasn't that inept. But the fact we did still see RoboCop, I, he didn't wrestle God, so you know, and he did not wrestle God. No, <laughs> thank freaking God. All right, so uh, we're going to close up with a who am I? This is a wrestling, a wrestler. Okay. I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, man. It, I know. I, I had runs with ECW, WCW, the WWE slash WWF, and TNA. My valets have included Terry Runnels and Moppy. I once stopped two men who were assaulting a woman and was shot during the altercation. Am I Dean Malenko, Raven, Perry Saturn, or Stevie Richards? Steve, you're the guest. Oh, this is Go easy. Ahead. It's Perry Saturn. Perry Come on, Saturn. Ken? I was going to say Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko. Well, uh, Ken, Perry Saturn is the correct answer. Figured as much. Perry Saturn. Now, was uh, Moppy the giveaway there, Steve? Oh, yeah. 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 But I thought I wasn't sure about putting that in. Now, here's the deal with that. Perry Saturn, and this may or may not have been because he beat up Mike Bell, who was an enhancement guy in the ring. I remember that. He was given this this gimmick where he would just speak in nonsense and say, you're welcome at inappropriate times. And then he fell in love with a mop. He'd bring the mop to the ring. He put the mop in the corner. And he had Moppy. And Moppy went with him everywhere he went. And then, obviously, there was some feud. I don't remember who it was. I think it was Raven, yeah. Raven. Uh, stole Moppy and fed Moppy into a wood chipper, thus ending Moppy's run in the World Wrestling Federation. Ken, I can see that you are disappointed that you weren't paying attention at that point to your wrestling. But yeah, I, I was. I kind of lost touch to an extent, and I, I missed the the wood chipper. Moppy right so. there. Now, man, you hit Terry Runnels. Very yeah, gorgeous. But woman. but you're gonna go with Moppy. Wow, man, it is. Yeah. Yeah, well, if I'm picking the mob for Terry Reynolds, I'm going Terry Reynolds yeah, all day. Long. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I did no, no arguments. Beautiful woman is a, yeah. still a beautiful woman. All right, Steve. Well, thank you for your time today. Thanks for getting in the ring. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. All right, guys. Have a good one. Cleveland, this is for you. This week in Cleveland history, Ken, May 28th. 1867. Wow. Where were you? Ah, still a star by many years. Okay. Still a star. Still a star. Absolutely. Star of two middle-aged men in Cleveland. 
Well, back in 1867, the Western Reserve and Northern Ohio Historical Society was founded to preserve and present the history of all of the people of Northeast Ohio. This group is now known as the Western Reserve Historical Society, and it's the largest privately supported regional historical society in the country. Wow. How about that. I didn't know that started back in 1867. Now, my memory is pretty good. I believe there's a connection with yourself. Did we not take pictures on your wedding day at the Western Reserve Historical Society? You are correct, sir. That is 100% correct. Yes, we did. You remember that? Yeah, they had the old, one of the things that they had there, which was so cool, was the old the old Indians logo that used to be at Cleveland Stadium. That's right. The Chief Wahoo. The, oh, the one that would light Wahoo. up. Yeah. Yep. He's there. Also, there is the old carousel from Euclid Beach Park. That's right. I it's forgot been, about that. It's uh, been uh, um, restored, and uh, you can now ride it when you visit. So really so cool, cool stuff. And the, the auto museum is now in the basement of the historical society there. So a lot of interesting and cool things at the historical society. And it all started this week in Cleveland history back in May of 1867. Cleveland, this is for you. Time for our game time segment with our guest sports medicine expert, Brian Scott, and his opponent who has put himself in concussion protocol for the last five years, (laughs) Ted Klopp. Yep. Today's game will be sports injury trivia. You'll both be asked three multiple choice questions. Each person will need to make a guess and you can both have the same answer. The winner will have the most correct answers after three rounds. Today's winner will receive a great prize, a gallon of biofreeze. Mm. This product gives you the same effect as using ice. However, the difference is you can't use it in your alcoholic drinks and it will leave you with a menthol taste in your mouth. Also not recommended to use in place of any hair gels. Mm. Gentlemen, do you have any questions on the game? We good? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Let's go to question one. According to the CDC, what sport has the highest number of injuries in women's sports? Is it soccer, lacrosse, swimming and diving, or basketball? Brian, you are a guest. You get to guess first. I'm going to go with soccer here. Soccer. Mr. Klopp? I think he's correct. But again, to be different, I'll choose basketball. Okay. The correct answer is soccer. Annually, 15,113 people get injured from playing soccer. Mm. And 17.2% of women playing soccer will develop some sort of injury playing. That's crazy. Wow. Do you see a lot of people from the soccer industry, Brian? Yes. Earlier in my career, I used to work extensively with soccer. Um, Not so much anymore. I kind of see a, a little more generalized population, but... We got a lot of young female soccer players. Unfortunately for them, they do. They are predisposed to some certain type of injuries that you just don't see in other populations. Hmm. Now, this, I guess the sport to play would be swimming and diving. It's got the least amount of injuries at a rate of 1.8%. So there we go. Maybe we push yeah. the kids to that, Ted. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll see. Sure. All right, we'll move to question two. Brian's up one to nothing. According to the Complete Concussion Management Group, what sport has the most head injuries? 
Is it women's hockey, football, rugby, or men's lacrosse? Ted, you get to guess first. I'm I'm going with football. I, nope. I, I, I'm, I'm fairly confident here. I think it's football. Could be rugby, but I'll stick with football. Football. Brian? I, I believe it's football as well. I'm going to agree with Ted. Gentlemen, I was surprised as well. The answer, actual answer is rugby. at 3%. And football's at 2.5. Women's hockey's pretty high as well at 2.27%. So actually, the answer was rugby. But, I mean, you're talking about a half percent there, let's be honest. So. Well, they're not wearing a helmet either. That's true. So the funny That's thing true. is, you know, back in the day, the literature used to say the opposite. And then one of the reasons was because they were not wearing a helmet. They were less That's likely right. to eat and tackle with their head and cause of concussions. So it's... <laughs> Yeah, they're not using it as a weapon, to be honest with you, is what they've had, and that's why they had to change the sport to an extent. All right, so we will go into question number three. According to a Stanford Children's Hospital study, over 30 million teens participate in organized sports in the U.S. How many total injuries take place each year out of the 30 million participants? Is it 1 million, 10 million, 2 million, or 3.5? Brian, you get to guess first on the third I'll question. I'll say uh, 3.5. Okay. Mm. Ted? I think he's right. 10, 10 million seems a little high. I'll, I'll go with 2 million just to see if just I can. Just to be different. Just, just well, you are. Guess. Ted, I'll give, give that one to you as well. It is 3.5 million. That's unbelievable. Yep. Think about that. 3.5 million kids out of 30 million are injured. That's, mm. that's crazy. So, Brian, congratulations. We'll send you that bio-freeze. I know that's something that you, you know, certainly you're looking forward to. Yeah. But, uh, certainly appreciate it. And But uh, before we let you go, can you talk a little bit more about your podcast and some of the other things that you're involved with? Yeah, so um, my podcast has been uh, available for about a year now. Started it because I got sick and tired of listening to all these uh, so-called experts on all these sports talk shows, discuss uh, some of the current uh, injuries that some of these players are dealing with nowadays and, um, you know, never really had any good information or good predictions as to when these guys will be back in action. They were kind of just going on the whims of the reporters who were never really that accurate to begin with. And so I just thought I'd give my two cents in there and throw my hat into the ring and just spout off some general information for people to kind of uh, use to help them develop their fantasy football or sports leagues and rosters. So that's kind of what I do. We keep it really low key. It's not too complicated. I don't use big medical terms like I do at work. So uh, the average fan can understand. And I try to keep it simple and just try to give my perspective on things. Being that I've been on the sideline, I've been in the locker room, I've been in the training room. Um, I've dealt with coaches, athletes, personnel, uh, you know, GMs. I've done a little bit of everything in the world of sports in my career, which is spanning now almost 20 years. So, wow. um, you know, I, I, I try to just get out my message to the masses and, uh, I, I do participate in some other online sports talk shows, uh, throughout the week, but yeah, thanks for asking. And I, I love listening to you guys. You guys are awesome. I love the, the back and forth banter. It's really uh, <laughs> enjoyable. And, uh, I hope I was able to provide a little bit of uh, educational information for your listeners and you guys as well. And I well, thank you. Thank you for the kind words. And uh, when when uh, fantasy football season rolls around, maybe we should have uh, you back on uh, once in a while to well, that's the main sport that we kind of talk about periodically on the show. And maybe we can get some interesting perspective. If uh, there's a big injury or two during the season, we can say, hey, you know, what, what would happen to this guy if 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 he was an average Joe and 
what's going to happen with this guy since he's not. So, yeah, I get pretty booked up there in that time of year. So you're going to have to book <laughs> early. Got to go um, in advance. Yeah. I've already got a few, uh, a few guys uh, trying to schedule me for that. And I, and I did do a pre, I do every year I do a draft uh, NFL draft injury analysis because mm. a lot of these players coming out of college are pretty banged up in football, especially. And so I usually do a, a NFL draft injury analysis. My one last year had about 13 or 14 players on it, but because of COVID this year, I only had about six. Yeah. <laughs> the seasons were cut short. Guys were rehabbing. They, they deferred out of the you know season. So it kind of changed things a little bit, but I'm sure I'll have plenty of ammo and info for you come this uh, start of this NFL season. Well, that's awesome. awesome. Well, thank you very much, Brian. We appreciate the time. Now, thank you guys. The most trusted name in journalism, Klops Clips. Here we go, Ken. Are you ready for another collection of Klops Clips? Let's go, Ted. Yeah. This is my favorite. Let's go. All right. Well, here in Ohio, as you know, and many folks know, we have the Vaximillion Contest for those who have been vaccinated. Well... That's got nothing on this contest. A northern district of Thailand has launched a similar contest, but with a different prize. One lucky inoculated villager each week for the next month is going to receive a live cow. Holy cow. Holy cow. A live cow. (laughs) Each cow to be given away is worth about 10,000 baht or a little more than 300 bucks. Well, Ted, what would you rather have, the Vaximillion or a live cow? Hmm. That'd be some good steak, but I think I'd take the money. I might go on that one as well. Yeah. Well, Las Vegas held a COVID vaccine pop-up clinic at a unique location. Ken, if you're going to hold a unique location for a pop-up uh, vaccine clinic in Vegas, what would be the first place that you might think of? I would think of a casino. At a first. casino. Good, good guess. Incorrect. Okay. How about Larry Flint's Hustler Club? Oh, boy. Okay. There we go. Employees and patrons were among those getting vaccinated. More lights were on than usual at this particular location during the vaccination process. The idea was to try to attract people who might be reluctant about getting the vaccine by having it at a novel location. That's a different idea. Yeah. You got to reach out to to all audiences, I guess, Ted. That's right. And a gentleman's club, well, might be the place. I don't know. There we go. (laughs) A New York man who has spent years collecting disability benefits, saying he was unable to work, has been caught in much better shape than he claimed. Anthony Ragusa is apparently actually a bodybuilder who runs a limo service. Investigators caught him after they spotted him in pictures on his wife's Instagram. Social media, once again, (laughs) confounds the the lie. His wife is also a bodybuilder, and she went to the extent of even tagging the business he has, the limo service, in some of the posts. Oh, my. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, dear. Now he's facing multiple felony charges. So he didn't really take himself down. 
he can blame his wife. I guess. Wow. You got to be smarter than that. If you're going to yeah. try to play the game, you got to try to play the game a little better than that. Yeah. Wow. Australia's oldest living man is now more than 111 years old. Wow. Dexter Kruger is a retired cattle rancher who cites a unique diet as part of the reason for his long life. He eats chicken brains. Oh, my. Okay. Chicken brains. During an interview about his longevity, he said, quote, they're delicious little things. There's only one little bite. It's more of an appetizer than a meal, I guess. Well, I guess maybe I you have a few of them. I don't know. Have you had the chicken brain? I have not. Have you? Same. No, I have not. No. No. Chicken wings? Sure. Sure. Legs, thighs, all the other parts? Sure. Yep. Yep. Not, no. not the brain. No. Not the brain. Nope. nope. Not, not the brain. Not the feet. Nope. Not the eyeballs. But yeah. Nope. Nope. I think I'd rank uh, wings as my top yep. choice. And, yep. and maybe a thigh here and there. Well, that is this week's collection of Klops Clips. We are wrapping up episode number 56, Ken. Another unique podcast with plenty of good wrestling information. And uh, will you be traveling to Thailand to try to enter in to win a cow? No, I don't know about that, but I, I can't get the chicken brains off the mind, to be honest with you. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to try that this weekend. Just, you yeah. know, just to say I did it. I don't, I, I don't know. Let me know where you get that from. I don't know where you yep. acquire that. And then I'll post it on Instagram when, uh, you know, certainly I'm getting disability. And, yes. Uh, certainly I'm still working. Yes. Just have Eowyn tag you and it'll be yep. all good. Will Eowyn, yep. what do you think Eowyn's reaction to? chicken brains would be if you serve those if you want an honest answer if i could think of anyone that would try chicken brains it would be her and her son they wow. like different type of stuff okay. there's a couple different restaurants in cleveland where they have some different dishes and they are not afraid to try it so i All could right. see them i actually ask i i didn't i obviously haven't had the chance but i will ask her if she had chicken brains i okay. would there's a 40 percent chance she actually has so well, next week on the show, DC Glenn. He's Whoa. one half of the group tag team. And Can that be scoop. There it is. Ted? Scoop, is there it is, baby. About? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're going to talk to him about the renaissance that that song and that lyric is having in the Geico commercials and see what else he's got going on. He's a pretty active and interesting guy. So interested to talk to him and see what else is going on and uh, see what other types of ice cream he may uh, want to sing about. I don't know. I I'm really interested to hear how that whole story came together with, you know, Geico has got some really funny commercials, but I, how they were approached for that and how they came up with that. And I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of one hit wonders out there. They're one of the few that I can name the group when I hear their song, to be honest with you, that's how yep. popular that song was for a very long time. So absolutely. What a pleasure it'll be to speak with him. I look forward to that interview. Well, scoop. There it is. And there it is. The end of the show, Ken. Yeah, we've scooped it. We're about done with it. And we're still two middle-aged men in Cleveland. 
Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And by Westminster AV. Custom audio-visual packages for all occasions.